Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Toys Day. It's Toys Day. Not yes. Thursday, but Toys Day. It's Toys Day. Uh, you sound like you're Toys from New day. York, down on Toity Toid and Toid Street. <laughs> yeah, Toity Toid. I yeah. think you can get a good hooker down there. I mean, uh, well, you know, you- uh, if you talk to the mayor, apparently that business is booming in really? uh, New York City. Yeah, mayor Adams wow. said that uh, prostitution... I, and I, I have to be careful how I say this, is on the rise in New York City. So, so I mean, to speak, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Exactly. And he said he, he blames it on the illegals. Hey, they got to do something, right? I mean, they it's probably, a pop-up business. Yeah, it's they, they, they probably can't watch too much television because it's all in English and they don't speak it, so they got to do something, you know. <laughs> There's so many lines and so many yeah. jokes, but the radio guy and me, I'm leaving him. Be kind. Over yes. Across, yes. Yeah, yes. I'm being kind yes. because, you know, yeah, forget it. I'm not I'm not yeah. going to go there. But it is, it is sad that the world's oldest profession has, so to speak, reared its head again in uh, New York City, and the mayor he's actually got it right. Maybe he's kind of he's upset, you know. It, he, they, I guess they had it under control, and... Not anymore. <laughs> so his 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 plans to be Mister Woke, you know, just blew up in his face. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm gonna come here and show you what liberal realism yeah, really forget is. Forget Times Square. Did. I got something to show you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that that is a true story. By the way, we're we're having our our fun with it, but actually, it was one of. The major stories uh, on uh, the news sites this morning. Yeah, that, it was. Yeah, Mayor Adams is saying that, uh, I understand, it's just exploding in New York. Well, at least uh, some business is booming in New York. I mean, I'm sure that, I, I don't know about you, but I've read stories where a lot of the residents in New York literally are looking for ways of getting out of the city. They're They're trying to head to the suburbs if they can because of uh, the craziness that's going on in New York. You know, mm. which leads me to another thing, Bill. You know, we see these these protests in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, New Orleans, all these different cities where these people are essentially pro-Palestinian uh, and anti-Israeli, you know, uh, anti- they're anti-Semitic, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're literally uh, anti-Jew. And, and, you know, I was thinking, I don't know. I, I live in this country and I, I truly believe that I, this, this is being fabricated. It's being Mm -hmm. created. It's not for real. You know, I mean, I think we live in a, a, a good country that, uh, loves people. And I don't think that these protests are a reflection of our society in general. If anything, I think they're manufactured. What do you think? Oh, I think so, too. If you look around the world, boy, you see in Berlin, they're they're painting stars of David on Jewish businesses and Jewish homes. People in Berlin who are Jewish are saying, Mm -hmm. we've had it. We've seen this story before. We're not staying here any longer. We're, We're leaving. They're chasing the Jewish population uh, of Berlin out of Germany. I mean, did, is that scare you or what? I mean, we know, and trust me, man, man can do this stuff. I mean, man can stand idly by and watch it happen because they stood idly by in Germany for 25 years and watched it happen. And you know how that ended. That ended with incredible tragedy and misery. So history is repeating itself. It is. 
all over again. You know, there's no justification for uh, the things that they're, they're saying about uh, uh, the Jews. I mean, you know, I was thinking, Bill, yesterday, Christians should understand. If you're a Christian and you're marching in these protests, understand this. If you call yourself a real Christian, understand that the pinnacle of your faith Jesus Christ, if he were to appear today, you'd be protesting him because Jesus Christ was and always will be a Jew. He was a Jew. He died a mm-hmm. Jew. He didn't he died Jewish. So Well, you know, there are publications though that are trying to say he's Palestinian, he's this, he's no, no, that. No. I don't care what they there, there story. Say. Oh, no, no, you know. no. I'm just saying you know, we talked about it before the show. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a thing out there uh, where they want to diminish Christianity, and it's it's under attack. They want to diminish how we all began, where we started from, what you know, what what gave birth to us, and it, it is crazy. I mean, yesterday, uh, you know, conversation that came up was well, NASA saying, "Oh, they found the the original building blocks of the original asteroid." You know, you know, we're all stardust. That's what they always say. You know, we came from planets that blew up billions of years ago in the big dust. Big Bang the Theory, yeah. Yeah, the Big Bang. And so this hand might have some some of the uh, the molecules, the basic molecules from one planet or two or three, and the other hand has more, and, you know, it mixed with, you know, uh, hydrogen, H2O, so and Bill, boom, we, here we are. They're saying that they a soup. have discovered... Yeah. Uh, an asteroid that proves that man was created randomly from an explosion? Is that what uh, essentially Well, is? basically, they don't know how to tell people that, and a lot of people are giving up on religion because of it. And I'm like going, no. you know, that doesn't take away the fact that, okay, I sit there and go, at one time there was a big vacuum and void, and there had to be something, even if there wasn't, that took the basic elements and said, I'm going to create the heavens and earth. I'm going to create the planet they live on. Maybe it's made from these other planets. Maybe they, these planets are the sum of, of, of the life and existence that we know today. But the simple fact is, you know, they're, they're trying to dilute what Christianity is in life. And, you know, and yeah, then if, you, know you, would, you have to agree that a guy like Albert Einstein was a pretty smart guy. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was probably uh, on on the scheme of things maybe the smartest scientist we ever had. I mm-hmm. mean, a genius of a scientist. Uh for the for a while in his existence when he was a younger man, he thought that he doubted the existence of religion, but as he got older and he had more time on this planet and had more time to think, he started to warm to the idea that there is a god. And he he uh, he wasn't exactly sure in what form, but he had he had a a strong feeling toward the end of his life that this wasn't a random thing. It, you know, our existence wasn't random. And you talk about the Big Bang theory, by the way. Uh, no scientist on this war, on this planet can explain. They say one molecule hit another molecule. They collided and caused a massive explosion but they will never tell you where those molecules came from. See, they say existence started at the Big Bang, but you can it's like having two cars collided. The crash wasn't the beginning of the problem. The, the, the cars existed at, you know, right. before the crash. So, 
they, they had can't, to. They can't tell you where the parts came from that caused the Big Bang. So, I mean, to to, uh, to go around, we are such an arrogant animal sometimes, the human beings. Something doesn't come from nothing. Let's just put it that way. You got that, That's all there is to it. Yes. And also, there by the way, to. Bill, they talk about mankind. Well, the man, you know, it's a physical being, okay? They don't mm-hmm. consider the fact that maybe the the body that we cruise around in in this existence isn't just a vessel, and what we really are is the spirit that resides in the body, you know? Maybe we're just along for the ride, so to speak. That what we really are, the, the thing that makes us who we really are, is our soul, our spirit. Mm. I don't want to sound theological here, but, I mean, uh, they are so arrogant with their answers sometimes. Um, atheists well, love... Well, you know, soul, souls go forever. They go forever. You're, you're, you know, the essence of you, the spirit, your soul. Um, I'd like to think yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and if you've ever met somebody where you go and you, you go, have I met you before? No, I don't think so. And you, you you go back, no, nope, there's no way I could have ever known you. Well, maybe not in this life, but perhaps, you know, that soul of yours is saying, yeah. you've, I, heard the, I, you've heard the expression deja vu? Deja vu? Yeah, I've been, you know, I, you, you feel like you've experienced something before, but you know you couldn't have. You feel like you've been to this spot before, but you know you couldn't have. In your lifetime, you may have an affinity for something. For example, and I'll... I don't mind saying this. I'm not proud. I mean, I have always had a keen interest in the Battle of Gettysburg. Okay, I don't know why. I just, mm-hmm. it, I, I just feel like I. It's more than just a historical interest. It's I. I feel connected to that spot. I've gone there many times. My wife will tell you, you know, guys, kind of nuts about uh, Gettysburg, but you wonder, is it because maybe. In another time, another life, I might have been more connected to Gettysburg. I'm just saying, that's what some people believe. All right, here, I'll give you a, a, an interesting thing of that. Uh, now, you were, you were born up north a little bit, but you, yeah. you, you migrated here. Something drew you here. Right. Uh, now, I know other people like you that are drawn to Gettysburg, and it's almost like they're an old kindred soul and they know more than what they've read about. That's exactly right. It's almost right. like they, they've got firsthand knowledge. Yeah. Now, most of the people, well, not most of the people, everybody I know that's like that is, was either born in Pennsylvania uh, and right around in the same demographic time frame, you know, going through. So, in other words, yeah, did they exist back at this time and then they moved forward and then moved forward again? You know, and what I'm mm-hmm. saying is, so even though you might have been born somewhere north of here, it's within reason, and all of a sudden, now you're transported back here, where you are drawn to. And some people believe that it's just a weird theory. No, I don't some know. people I'm, believe that when you're on the other side, when you're a spirit, that that physical distance is not an issue. Okay, they believe that you know uh, that's something which. Uh, is irrelevant when you're in the spirit mm-hmm. form. You know, there are religions. There are religions that teach reincarnation. There are there, and I and you know, even I know this sounds strange, and there will be 
some young priest who might go, what's he talking about? But, you know, Catholicism, they they taught uh, reincarnation till about, I think it was 1300 or, I mean, it, it, there was a point in their history when a pope said, no, we can't do this anymore because if we if we explain to them that they are reincarnated, they will have a feeling that if they make a mistake this time, they'll fix it they next time around. And, yeah, yeah. You know, we have it, yeah. to make it sound like it's more permanent, more beginning and end, and that's it. You know, uh, you only have one shot. But uh, it, it, so, and I want to say it was Pope Gregory who who was the guy who stopped it. But there's a lot, and you may have a difference of opinion. That's okay. I mean, but uh, it, it, it is something to consider. It is a distinct possibility. See. Whatever year you were born in, right, if you're listening to this show, uh, there was a year before you were born. And there are people that you know and love who existed in that time when you didn't exist. They'll tell you that they had fun, they went to parties, they celebrated Christmas, they had all the things, but you weren't around, so where were you? Where were you? And all of a sudden, you were here. I mean, I could... I could talk ad infinitum on this, but uh, we have a show to do because there are other things happening in our well, world. No, it's a part of the show. But I guess what's happening, Bill, is that we're seeing history repeat itself right now, and it's scary. And I think that there's an, an element in our world that wants this to happen, be it the deep state, be it the, the global elite. There's a. They want this discord. They want people to go after. I got to read something to you. Have you got a couple of minutes, Bill? Like I, I someone. Well, said yeah, that. I've got uh, well, you know the please. next hour. Well, so let, let uh, me let me read this to you. Okay, this is something oh, that a sure. friend of mine sent right. me, and um, I think it's important. Listen carefully. Before the modern state of Israel, there was the British Mandate, not a Palestinian state. Before the British Mandate, there was the Ottoman Empire, not a Palestinian state. Before the Ottoman Empire, there was the Islamic Mamluk uh, Sultanate of Egypt, not a Palestinian state. Before the Islamic Mamluk Sultanate of Egypt, there was the Ayyubid Dynasty, not a Palestinian state. Before the Ayyubid dynasty, there was the Christian kingdom of Jerusalem, not a Palestinian state. Before the Christian kingdom of Jerusalem, there was the Fatimid Caliphate, not a Palestinian state. Before the Fatimid Caliphate, there was the Byzantine Empire, not a Palestinian state. Before the Byzantine Empire, there was the Roman Empire, not a Palestinian state. Before the Roman Empire, there was the Hasmonean dynasty, not a Palestinian state. Before the Hasmonean dynasty, there was the Seleucid Empire, not a Palestinian state. Before the Seleucid Empire, there was the Alexander III of Macedon, not the Palestinian state. Before the Empire of Alexander III of Macedon, there was the Persian Empire, not a Palestinian state. Before the Persian Empire, there was the Babylonian Empire, not a Palestinian state. Before the Babylonian Empire, there was the kingdoms of Israel and Judea, 
not the Palestinian state. Before the kingdoms of Israel and Judea, there was the kingdom of Israel, not the Palestinian state. Before the kingdom of Israel, there was the theocracy of the 12 tribes of Israel, not the Palestinian state. And before the theocracy of the 12 tribes of Israel, there was an individual state of Canaan, not a Palestinian state. In fact, in that corner of the world, there was never a Palestinian state. Right. And I, I say that because I hear these young people who don't know any better saying they wanted to go back to the Palestinian state. There was never a Palestinian state. This isn't to say that Arabs didn't live in that area. Of course they did. But it was more of an Israel a Jewish area, you know, yeah. more, you know, it was the kingdom of Judea. It was, uh, uh, you hear it said, uh, the kingdom of Israel. It was mm -hmm. the kingdom of Israel in ancient times, that land. So, I, I mean, I only say that because you, you have to know your history. You just can't, you just can't shout the things that people on the left want you to shout because it sounds like it's the cool and right and just thing to do. I mean, this, there, there are reasons why things are like they are right now in that, in that section of the world. You know, Israel, uh, are they totally uh, faultless? No, they probably have done some things wrong. I, uh, listen, I hate we seeing... We all have. Bill, I hate seeing all these, this bombing in, uh, uh, in Gaza. Uh, you know that innocent little people are dying. I blame, by the way, I blame Hamas. I blame Hamas for doing doing this to uh, to these good people. They've used them as shields. They've encouraged them to stay. They've yeah. forced them in some ways to say stay. They have a gate that goes into the north. They've, they've actually closed the gate. So if right. you're in that area, you can't you can't escape. They don't want you leaving. Yeah, I forget uh, I forget all the cities, but you know there there's one. There's one guy that is like the head of all of Hamas, and he's uh, it's a Du Bois or something like that. He's way over. He's in Syria. <laughs> I think he's living yeah, in Syria. He's not living but the in the city him. starts with a D. It's Damascus? Start, um, no, it's uh, something else. Yeah. But either way, yeah. uh, I was looking at it, I was going, damn. And he, and he lives nice and everything. Oh, he's a, he's and, a very wealthy man because he's. And he, yeah, he lives high, uh, you know. High on the hill, and and you see these people, the the Hamas that he dictates to, they get nothing, but they sit there. He's like a god to them. If all the money and the aid that was given to Gaza had been used to help the people live better in Gaza, they'd all be living so much better. But it, no, they've used it for, and he's dictated to them. They've used it for weapons and to fight, and they think that they are doing, you know, uh, well, it is a holy war, but they don't understand, mm. and he wants to keep them down and dumb. And I see that somebody is trying to do that here in America, make the people dumb. They're, they're trying to dumb us down. And, you know, when are we going to become just like that? Well, you know, little you rebellious know, foot soldiers for they, the rich. They go after our youngest, uh, the young mm. students who are, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, minds of mush. 
uh, it, you know, they are, some of them are brilliant in certain areas, sciences and mathematics, but socially they haven't got a clue. They don't know what's happening in the world. All they know is their friends are going to hang out at this rally down, down in the, uh, you know, by the admin building. And, uh, well, let's go down there too. I haven't got anything to do. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're in a crowd and they're chanting things they don't even understand. Uh, and that's the problem we have right now. We, you know, we have, yeah. we have to teach the younger people the history, what's really going on. That thing that I just read to you, that wasn't made up by me. That is something that you can check yourself. Go, if you want to, stop the tape, go step by step and look in a, look in a, a hist- history book somewhere. Search for those different places you'll find that they existed, and they existed in that area. But whether they do that or not, people don't also take the time. You know, we live in a fast food society. We live in a, you know, in a, a society where you, everything has to be immediate. Six uh, seconds. If you can't get them, and I, I, I was reading that here the other day, you know, our attention span is small. If you are trying to get somebody's attention... You really need to do it in six seconds. Explain everything that you want them to know. And then if you got them hooked, then you can elaborate on it. And that's all there is to it. So we're, we're like little goldfish in a tank. Goldfish have a memory span, they say, of 10 seconds, and that's it. And then it's a loop. It just starts all over again. Nothing changes for them. And that's how we are as a society. You know, I remember once when I was a young kid, they used to sit there and say, oh, you watch too much TV. Yeah, so, and it was somebody that worked in TV. He goes, you know, we programmed to the mind of uh, a, a sixth grader. That, that's all they cared about. They were sixth grade and down, 12 years of age and down. That's what they programmed to. I think it's less than that now. We live in a country right now, and I just saw this, where school systems are saying, uh, no more final exams. Uh, no more yeah. SATs. Just let them let them pass because that's the equal and fair thing to do. Just give them their diploma. If they sat in the chair for twelve years, they deserve a, a high school diploma, even if they don't know a damn thing. Just give them the diploma. Let them go on their way. They can't count. They can't read. Hey, that's their problem. They'll figure it out somewhere down the road. Well, think about this. I mean, when when the SATs and all of that first came about. Uh, you were told, by the way, you've got to go take that exam. And, okay, do I study for it? No, this is a test to see what you've learned all these years. So you didn't, you didn't get a chance to study for it. You know, in the most recent years, okay, you know, you want to be something, you got to study for your SAT. Well, didn't I learn this stuff in school? You need to study for this test. It's stuff that we didn't go over. And so you studied for it. Now we're going full circle to where... You know, they're not important. We're not going to hold you accountable to it. Like you said, they're going to do away with it. And I'm like going. Yep. It, it's, it's sad because we, we, we're a country that have dropped our standards so much that uh, it, it, to our detriment. I mean, it's going it's it's to be a situation we already are experiencing it. Uh, we don't have the mathematicians or the scientists that we need to create the things that we need to create, you know, but Jim, but we do have, have, we do have AI. I was just going to say we have computers. Yes. And we have AI and see computers actually 
We built them to think, and they will keep thinking. But, you know, I look at all the news stories out there. You mentioned AI, and I see all these hate stories. Well, what is AI? Basically, it's a computer program. So you ask it a question, or you give it parameters. You give it a little bit of structure. Trump's going to lose the election because, you know, yeah. and, uh, and Melania is going to be his downfall. Those are your instructions Parameter, to yeah. AI. That AI is based on the sum of all knowledge that's floating out there on the Internet. And it goes out there and it takes it all and then, you know, articulates it in a nice, beautiful piece. And you go, wow. But here's what you don't realize. Yes, it goes out and it literally uses the entire Internet for information. And in a fraction of a second, it makes assumptions mm -hmm. and then puts, puts together a plan or a, a new a, a paper or something but so much on the internet is crap pardon my french well it uses that too yeah well the and see case in point somebody sat there and pointed out alexa you know was the election stolen and there was enough information out there to where the computer said well wait a minute now and then started saying it was stolen. I tested mine the other day, and it started to gobble it up and, and spit, and then it stopped, and it just froze. And when I asked it again, it came back and said, there's no proof. It went back to the standard lines of the fake news and everything because what happened was, and this is the key to how you can disrupt AI, you've got to flood the Internet with the other news. Now, that also means Hamas can do the same thing. They can say, you know, we want our state back. Well, the, that's what the AI is going to read. And it's going to read that fake history that you put on there and present it as gospel because that's what it has to go from, the sum of all the knowledge that's available to it. So you can dictate what a computer or AI says or does. I want that. you to hear what Carmela, the vice president of the United States said uh, oh, on, on yeah, Wednesday. She's a genius. Yesterday, she was speaking um, in the United Kingdom about AI. I want you to listen to this, uh, this lady. Uh, we'll talk about it. Listen. And when people around the world cannot discern fact from fiction because of a flood of AI-enabled myths and disinformation, I ask, is that not existential for democracy? Now, wait a second. Understand something. First of all, I'm sick of the word existential. I have heard every politician, they must have figured, ooh, that is such an obscure word. That is such a vague word with such a vague definition mm -hmm. that people will think it sounds important but it means crap. It means nothing. There, I'm sorry, but it's true. Uh, I mean, you may say, well, what does existential mean? Well, first of all, I'll tell you what the definition is. Um, relating to a philosophy according to which the world has no meaning and each person is alone and completely responsible for his or her ex ex existence or actions. Uh, it, it, it means survival. It means... It means uh, existential threat. It's a threat to your survival, a threat to your existence. That's what they're saying, okay? But mm -hmm. so many politicians use it the wrong way that it has become vague, okay? So I'm, this lady says, though, just now, 
if you listen to her answer, she said, uh, isn't AI... I'm going to let her say it again because it's only 19 seconds long. Listen, listen carefully. And when people around the world cannot discern fact from fiction because of a flood of AI-enabled myths and disinformation, I ask, is that not existential for democracy? Is it not existential for the... So what is she really okay, saying? What she's saying is... Is not that confusion? Here's how she sounded dumb. It sounds like she's saying that it's important, right, to have this AI confusion out there for for the survival of democracy. It's important. That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, it's important that the, we baffle the the populace with BS, so they can't figure out what what's really going on. That's what, well, that's what's what, that old saying? Baffle them with BS. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Baffle them BS. So uh, uh, she she is, I don't know whether she meant this. If she really meant to say that, then she's dumber than I thought. You know, I think she actually got confused. Sometimes she gets caught up in her own importance. And, uh, I mean, for I got another cut of uh, Carmela. She was interviewed Sunday on 60 Minutes. Did you see that, Bill? She was interviewed mm. Sunday on 60 Minutes. It's, this is another short. I think I did, yeah. This is another short piece. Let me just play it. It's only 43 yeah. seconds long. This is Bill Whitaker talking with Carmela about the Biden administration. And I have to press the right button. Otherwise, we're not going to hear it. A recent CBS poll found that at the beginning of President Biden's term, 70% of young people, people under 30, said he was doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Now it's less than 50%. Why is that? What's going on? If you poll how young people feel about the climate and the warming of our planet, it polls as one of their top concerns. When we talk about what we are doing with student loan debt, polls very high. Uh, the challenge that we have as an administration is we've got to let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> That's our challenge. But it is not that the work we are doing is not very, very popular with a lot of people. We've got we to gotta tell them who brung it to them. Uh, yeah. First of all, um, she makes climate to be the end all. You know, we're, we're have a, we have a border crisis. You know, the climate has changed consistently throughout mankind. And where we are now, we've been before and before and before. And where we're going, we've been before, before, and before. So that's a load of crap. But we got to tell you who brung it to you. Well, then you know what? It ain't the Republican sweetheart. And in that same interview, I believe it was that interview, she was asked about um, the elections. And she goes, oh, I can guarantee we're going to win. Now, how in the hell can she guarantee that? How in the hell can she guarantee that? Because she knows how they won 2020. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. and uh, existentially, when they uh, had I the keys, she, she knows. When they had the keys to the computer, I mean, what can they, what can yeah. they say? The uh, existential truth from Karmala. Well, um, there we go, existential. I don't, please, uh, yeah, no I did more. That just... <laughs> I surrender. <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but it's interesting to see... Uh, their thinking or, or lack thereof. You know, we have this crisis on the border. Did you hear what's happening, Bill, right now? Five, over 5,000 
illegal migrants are marching in step to our border right this very moment. There was one illegal marching that I guess they got an interview with. I got it. And he was talk, yeah, talking about how stupid the Biden open border policy is. It's funny you should say it. Let's play it. Now we are learning more about a caravan of nearly 5,000 people making their way to the United States from southern Mexico. The leader of that caravan. Yeah, there's one leader saying this. I believe that uh, the, the Biden administration has uh, dropped the ball. Joe Biden administration has lost the ball. Has lost, does not know what to do with immigration, has been this another thing, and has lost a lot of the power or hasn't even called the countries into sitting down and make sure that he finds a way to, to stop this immigration, this bleeding. He, he has he's just lost the ball. He's not doing anything. So his answer is, hey, everybody, follow me. <laughs> that's yeah. that's his answer. And the door is open. Let's go. Yeah, the Biden administration has dropped the ball. That's what he said. Hey, yeah, hey, I hey. mean, yeah, and they're coming in. And guess what, friends? You know, Biden's going to give them your food in your pantry. Probably sit there and say, "You got a spare room?" You know, and you know what? The, that bedroom you're in is kind of nice. You know, come on. They walked a you know, long it's, way. You know, it's funny. Why don't you just, go sleep in the sofa? You, you know, we laugh. We laugh, right? No, I'm but serious. You no, know, the governor of Massachusetts, so help me God, suggested that people, if they have a spare room, why don't you give it up to an illegal? That's right. Mm. Invite someone you don't know, a stranger from God knows where, into your house with your family. Because you got an empty room. That's a suggestion right now. Who's to say right. down the road it isn't an order? You know, uh, could we, be. You know, we fought uh, the Revolutionary War. One of the reasons why we fought the Revolutionary War was because the, the English uh, required that soldiers be housed in colonists' homes. Yeah. There, was no, there was no thinking about it, and we'll get back to you. You got an empty room? We're putting one of our soldiers in that room. And uh, so that was one of the reasons why the war started. They're doing it again. They're doing it again. You know, Nigel Farage, you know who he is. He's a, he's yeah. a pundit from uh, from England, smart guy. He was one of the heads uh, that led the Brexit movement, you know, getting for England mm -hmm. to get out of the European Union. Uh, he has a lot of followers. A lot of people like him. A lot of people who like Brexit don't like him. But uh, he's always been interesting. I always like listening to him talk. If you're from England, they pronounce it uh, Nigel Farage. They pronounce everything a little different over there. I have uh, friends in England, and God bless them. I guess they, they actually had the English language before we did, so they probably have it right and we don't. But anyway, um, Tucker Carlson was talking to him about all of, these, all of these illegals, all of these refugees coming into our country. What does this all mean? Listen to this. This is Tucker Carlson. Very people who acknowledge that this would be a massive threat to Israel, and they're absolutely right. By the way, I'm not calling for Israel to take these refugees. But those same people are saying the U.K. and the U.S. and Scotland should take them. What, what's the thinking here? 
Look, I mean, we have a great history in the UK of taking refugees. You can go back 300 years to the Protestants in France who were being burnt at the stake, and we took in a large number of French Protestants, Huguenots, as they were known, and they did very, very well in commerce, finance, the military in our country. Uh, the same applies to Jewish people. We took Jews in from Russia after the pogroms at the start of the 20th century. We took Jewish people in from Germany and Austria in the 1930s. Um, and indeed, if you go to the 1970s, we took quite a large number of people from Uganda, where Idi Amin threatened to annihilate the Asian population there. And again, they were a group that came to the country, assimilated, did incredibly well. So, you know, we feel as a country with our Christian roots uh, and our desire to help those in genuine need, uh, that we should try and help people. Uh, but remember that the duty of any government, its primary duty, is the integrity of its own country and its citizens. Now, over the course of the last six, seven years, we've taken over half a million legal refugees. They've come to us from Hong Kong, our former colony, uh, being oppressed by the Chinese Communist Party. They've come to us from Afghanistan. They've come to us from Syria. They've come to us, of course, from Ukraine. The big problem here is that Hamas, the terrorist group Hamas, although the BBC will never call them terrorists, but the Hamas, you know, Hamas who launched those appalling, barbaric attacks on everything, down to babies on October the 7th, they enjoy considerable support in Gaza. Indeed, the last elections that were fought in Gaza a few years ago, Hamas came top of the poll. So if you take any significant number from Gaza into our country, you will have a significant percentage of Hamas sympathizers and supporters among them. And you have to ask, given the protests we've seen on the streets of London just this weekend and the weekend before, whether maybe we've got enough of a problem in this country already. And I, you know, we've had successive waves of Islamic extremist terrorism on our streets. Uh, there's a case going on right at the moment uh, from somebody who was killed just a couple of weeks ago. The authorities do their best to suppress all of these stories. So my argument, and I'm pretty much alone in this, is that if we take people from Gaza, uh, they will actually pose, some of them, enough of them, will pose a threat to our national security. And if anyone should take them, Tucker, shouldn't it be the Egyptians? Shouldn't it be the Saudis? Shouldn't it be their co-religionists in that part of the world? And how interesting that Saudi Arabia didn't take a single person from Syria because they were worried of the impact it would have on Saudi society. Right. Um, and the same goes for e and the same goes for Egypt right now. So if they won't take them, why on earth should we threaten national security? But Nigel Farage, he's on Tucker's latest episode. It's a good episode mm -hmm. worth listening to. Go to Tucker's uh, uh, social site uh, on Twitter. Or actually, it's called X now. They changed it, of course, but it was called Twitter. Uh, and uh, take a listen. It's it's really a, a, his. All of his episodes are good, by the way. I mean, the guy knows well, how to interview. All shows are good too. So, well, that's know. true too. That's very. I'd like to say. So, I'd like to think so. Yes. Um, but it's interesting. He says, uh, "Isn't it interesting how the Egyptians and the Saudi Arabians 
right? The Saudis, uh, they don't take any refugees from Gaza. They won't. As a matter of fact, I played something yesterday, or I mentioned something yesterday, where the Egyptian president said, "We're willing to lay down millions of our lives to defend our property." Something. It was some dramatic statement, meaning we're not taking anybody in into Egypt. You know, but like Nitro said, isn't that strange? These are co-religionists, as he called them, people who share the same faith and in many ways, same customs, yet they didn't want them. And I think they don't want them because they, in Gaza, they have been so steeped in hate. It has been such right. a part of their culture. I mean, you saw it with the attack on October 7th, the, the horrendous things that they were able to so easily do, you know, uh, mm-hmm. y- 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 that's something which has been trained from the time that they they left the mother's breast. You know, they they ingrain this hatred. For one, one of the kids who committed these crimes, from his cell phone, called his mom and said, "Hey, mom, I killed ten Jews." I I mean, he was proud. It was a badge of honor, and he was calling mom to celebrate. That's why the Egyptians and the Saudis. Uh, are not anxious to welcome them onto their soil because they don't yeah. need that hatred, you know. Because if they set up a base in Egypt near near Gaza, near Israel, you know they're going to use it to, to attack the Israelis. Yeah. And, w- and what's going to happen then? Israel will be attacking Egypt, you know. So the Egypt, they don't want to be involved. a stepping stone, and they don't need to be a stepping stone. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there are 5,000 illegals marching at this very moment to our border. And what is our administration doing to protect us? I mean, we just were talking about the Middle Eastern crisis. We already mentioned this past week that uh, they they found 100 uh, Iranian illegals uh, who were trying to get into our country. And they found, uh, I guess it was 50 Syrian. Those are the ones they caught. That's not the ones they missed. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that in that 7,000 or 5,000, it varies. One, one group says it's 5,000, and another one says the caravan actually is 7,000, that part of it split off. Because, well, by the way, they, some of these people had a problem getting a visa to come here. <clears throat> the yeah. visa wasn't from us. The visa was from their home country to leave. Yeah. Now, let's think about this, though. You know, how, many, how many illegals would you say are here? Uh, Bill, I, I think they said 15 million, right? All right. So you got 15 million. Can we deport them all? Well, Trump thinks he can. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you why you Trump, this. I'll tell you why, maybe it's a possibility. Because in Pakistan right now, they have cracked down on Afghan illegals into Pakistan. And they're getting, you know, comparatively speaking, it's a smaller country. And, and they're, they're going to uh, deport a million five. Back to Afghan, Afghanistan. All right. If if you were born on this soil, mm-hmm. all right, then you become. A, oh, yeah, it's an anchor baby. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many of these? How many? You know, are 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 we bringing breeders across? I mean, it's a weird thought, but are we bringing breeders across that down the road we we're going to have all these anchor babies here, and then do you kick their parents out? Well, I mean. He, Technically, right now, they have Congress has done nothing to protect us. Somebody said what Congress should do right now is this new speaker should adjourn the the, the Congress in Washington 
and transport them all down to a tent on the border, and they should set up their proceedings on the border, and they should stay there until they resolve the border issue right on our border. Yeah. But that's not going to well, happen. maybe they're going to do that. Well, uh, no, I, Mike Johnson is signaling next on the, on, on the plate for Congress is uh, aid to the Ukraine, which means they want to cut it off and then be the border crisis. So I would sit there and say those two things need to be, well, number one, you got you to gotta take care of this Joe Hunter thing. Because that, you know, that that's gone on too long, and it's time that they do something. I don't about know whether that. we have time, Bill. I don't well, know whether we have time. That's my point. We don't have time to keep fiddling while Rome is burning. You know. Well, as far as Joe goes, if he's committed treason, he needs to be yanked right now and put up on immediate trial. Uh, Kamala is not fit. So they got to find a way to yank them both and and move this this bus forward. Then you've got to sit there, and that doesn't mean there's not going to be an election. It just means that we need to stop the bleeding now. Put a bandage on it. You know the border thing. We got to put a bandage on it. We're hemorrhaging there, and aid to the Ukraine. We're hemorrhaging there. So we need some major surgery in this country, and it starts at the top and works all the way down. You know, we had protesters last week in in our halls of Congress, Mm -hmm. protesters from this Palestinian situation, who were were raising hell in the corridors of Congress. They were interrupting the the different proceedings. I'm going to play a little bit of it. I have some, some stuff right. This is how they sounded. They were, many of them were code pink members. You probably have seen them. They go in and they raise hell on Congress. But a lot of them weren't. You know, Rashida Tlaib last week was out there at a rally encouraging everybody to march inside and uh, let them know how you really feel. And they they did, and they went in, they tore down posters and signs that were pro-Israel off of uh, representatives, uh, you know, the walls outside their offices. And uh, there were no problems. No people were punished for this. They didn't didn't go to the uh, Washington, D.C. gulag like the January 6th people did, and most of them were peaceful inside. They stayed inside the ropes. But here's how he sounded uh, just a few days ago in Congress. The president and I have both stressed the need for Israel to operate by the law. Why are we in Congress arresting that? Maybe we'll suspend Secretary Blinken, you may continue. Thank, Thank you, Chair. So I was saying the President and I have both stressed in our conversations with the Israeli government the need for Israel to operate by the law of war and in accordance with international humanitarian law and to take all possible measures. That's just a little piece. That's just a little segment. They got into a chorus screaming. It was it was incredible. No mm. big deal. Yeah, and they have to abide by the, the rule, the laws of war. The laws of war. Um, far as I know, there really are no laws to war. War is war. And to the victor go the spoils. So in other words, you know, whatever you do that, that hurts, steps on toes, or does whatever, if you win, you won. You made your point. Um, all's fair in love and war, I guess, is what they say. You know, every time we've gone to war, uh, we've gone to war on our own terms, and we haven't been influenced by outside 
Although this mm-hmm. this guy Biden, he stands. Last week he was standing shoulder to shoulder. He was in Israel and he was standing shoulder to shoulder, voicing his support. And now he's talking about how there should be a ceasefire. Uh, they, they should uh, stop. And you know, God forbid you you want this to end with the, the least amount of physical uh, damage possible, right? You want it to end uh, with uh, few as few victims as possible. But that's not going to happen. It's a war. There's going to be a lot of a lot of good people. But the people who started this were not the Israelis. They weren't the Israelis. The people who started this were the people who flew across in, in hand gliders and, and started to slit mothers from the, you know, uh, their, the pregnant mothers were cut open, filleted, uh, like it was a, a fun thing to do. They cut off the heads yeah. of little babies. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't understand this. Maybe maybe it's beyond me. I come from a kind of a good and evil upbringing. I, I kind of have always known that if you do something like that, that's evil. There's no justification, but yet they want to justify it. Rashida Tlaib, she's out there talking about how the victims are the Palestinians, completely ignoring the little the people who died watching a music festival or the or the people who woke up to have their morning breakfast and were were slaughtered at their tables. You know, that's that's ignored by her. She is somebody out there who's saying that she's being picked on. Um, and, and I, I don't know. I think that that's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I think that as a country, you know, Israel has said, look, it, there isn't a, a warring nation in history that will be more sensitive to the, the, the public. It's going to, it's trying, it's doing its best around every corner to do as little damage as possible to the civilian population. They're, they're trying desperately you know, and I'm sure in some ways it'll it'll backfire on them because you know they say my old football coach used to say when you hesitate you get hurt, and and and, oh, yeah. I, and I think that you're going to find that sometimes in some cases when they're going into clear a, a house or clear, they're going to hesitate and some good uh, soldiers are going to get hurt because of their hesitation. Um, no, I agree with that. Anyway, Bill, it, it is uh, you know it is uh, strange times that we're living yeah. in. Uh, I'm sure you have stuff that you want to throw on well, the no, table. Well, no, minor you... stuff. I mean, you know, you know, Nancy Pelosi apparently she's uh, been served a subpoena. Uh, in uh, I, I guess she is. Uh, a what is that case. about, Bill? That probably has to do with her husband. I think. The what? Well, I was going to ask you what is what is what it about. Uh, I believe this is uh, about her husband. When uh, there's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of meat. Yeah, on I, I thought it said, a th- about- it said a third-party crime. I didn't know what that, it's that a third- was. Yeah, it's a yeah. third-party crime. I was trying to dig into it before the show, and I'm going like, all I know, it's questions that are regarding uh, uh, big questions regarding her husband that break in. Uh, what was that? Two years now, or it's been a year, or whatever, or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, but about uh, a year, I guess about a year and a half ago, year, yeah. yeah. And then apparently, you know, there's uh, well, there's there's I guess Judge Cannon signaling she may postpone Trump's classified document trial. Uh, admonishes uh, Jack Smith's. Uh, that's interesting. Prosecutor. That is that's interesting. She's out of all of the judges, she's the one who's actually kind of t- thinking about the law. 
you know? Well, apparently a bombshell got dropped. You know, that's another word, you know, you, you don't like existential. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bombshell. There was another bombshell dropped. Well, apparently there was in the fact that all these D, uh, these uh, these documents, well, it turned out that back in June of this year, mm-hmm. the Biden administration was trying to get uh, uh, Trump's, uh, you know, clearance on the classified oh, yeah. documents yanked <laughs> so they could go back. He didn't have the authority. Well, that's after the fact, number one. And number two, going through the documents, they can't find any evidence that it mu- that stuff there was really classifiable. But the evidence does show that prior to the Biden administration had reached out. In other words, this whole damn thing well, is a it, hack job by the Biden administration. I was reading where Jack Smith and uh, even up mm-hmm. in New York, I guess Trump has uh, said that he wants to be able to enter some classified documents into his case. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and, and I guess Jack Smith is a little concerned. You want to enter what? Classified documents. What what is this uh, that you want to enter? He's he's not terribly enthusiastic about uh, the documents. Documents they don't them. know about. Yeah, <laughs> that's and and you know and it's documents that date back from what I understand that prove that what happened and that Trump is being blamed for didn't happen by Trump. It's not saying that you know certain things didn't happen, but it's showing that there was. It, it's almost like Russiagate and, and, and the peace story and mm. uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Um, and th- that now would be great if they sat there and if that is what they have and they can prove that this was all a, a scam. But, you know, the news media, the liberal news media, it wouldn't matter how damning it is. They're not going to report it. It's damning news that Biden uh, is, is a crime boss. You know, and I'm, I was sitting there thinking the other day, you know, we always talk about how dumb he was and everything like that. No, when he got caught lying, he was honing his skills. Yeah. You know, that's all he was doing back in 88. I keep thinking about that. his uh, skills as a thief. I keep thinking about that crime boss in New York. We talked about it before in the past mm-hmm. who used to walk on the street. He'd wear a bathrobe and he'd be drooling and he'd walk up to like a, a parking meter and start talking to it. You know, he knew that the FBI was watching him, so he pretended that he was senile, that he was having nuts. mental issues. He was nuts, right? And he would have his men hold him up so that uh, he wouldn't fall down, and it was all an act. He would literally walk inside the building, he'd take off his bathrobe, sit down. They all thought it was funny because for the, for a while, the FBI believed his his charade, as they would say in England, we call it charade, but uh, uh, they would believe his charade, and it worked for a while until I guess somebody stuck a camera inside the hideout, the headquarters, or whatever they call it, and uh, they realized, wait a second, he's not drooling anymore. Well, wait a second, he's the guy who's issuing the orders right now. And, it, mm-hmm. and I, I keep thinking that in some ways maybe uh, the guy who is stumbling and bumbling uh, right now in the White House is uh, isn't uh, he's he's more cognitive than we give him credit for. He was up in uh, I want to say was it Michigan? No, no, he's Minnesota. Yesterday, and he had a an incredibly small crowd. He was in a a farm, it, it some presentation, and they said it was a minuscule amount of people who showed up. 
And he talked and he explained about the wonderful things that Bidenomics has done for our country. Listen. Folks, Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. 40 years ago, trickle-down economics limited the dream to those at the top. But I believe every American willing to work hard should be able to get a job, no matter where they live, in the heartland, in small towns, to raise their kids on a good paycheck and keep their roots where they grew up. Bidenomics is just another name for the American dream. <laughs> and what dream is that, Joe? Because I don't have the same dream that you have. It's a nightmare. Apparently. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Yeah, it, it's a dream. You're right. It is a nightmare. It's a night a Biden mare. Some lady you know? some Jeez. I heard some young woman, some young mother saying, I went out to the store to get a few things, some milk, some bread. It cost me a hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, she didn't say those items per se, but it was a, a just a small amount of things that it would have cost her maybe twenty five or thirty dollars not too long ago, two or three years ago. She spent over a hundred dollars in, in the store. She couldn't believe it. Well, eggs, you know, depending where where you live, eggs can be yeah, you can get them as cheap as a buck fifty. But for the most part around the country, probably about four four to six bucks. So let's just take five, five bucks for eggs. You know, you're going to pay that much for a gallon of milk. Well, there's 10 bucks right there, and you got two items. Boy, you're living high on the hog. Oh. You, want some, <laughs> you want some cheese in your omelet? Well, there's another four bucks. So <laughs> now you got $14. One loaf of bread, that's $3. You know, I had Well, to... now you got $17, and you want some ham to go on that? You know, make a nice... Nice something there, or some uh, maybe some um, I don't bagels. Hey, I another haven't gone to McDonald's for five a, bucks. I haven't gone to McDonald's for a sandwich in God knows how long. Although I used to like their stuff, but I mean everything you eat, you know, you get like a Big Mac, and I used to love them when I was a kid because I could eat them when I was a kid, and it didn't, you know, wreak havoc on my my body. But uh, I wonder what it costs now for a Big Mac. I mean, maybe one of our listeners can let us know. Is it? Well, do you have to take out a loan? Do you have to get financing for it? Or is it still yeah, affordable? You got to go up with your banker. I don't know. <laughs> See, now I actually, I quit eating those things because of all the salt, the grease, and everything else. You know, I kind of mm -hmm. got health conscious. No, I am not a vegetarian, but I do eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, and you know, things that are good. But even then, you got to be careful because. You know, I'm just more concerned about what I put into my body. And, you know, you know, my payback for that, I'll probably die younger than I would have if I <laughs> ate all the chemicals. I don't know, but I you feel know, better. So you know, uh, I felt good. Uh, I, I found that piece of audio, the one that's with the uh, protesters yesterday in the. Yeah. Uh, and I want you to hear this. This is the one I played for you a little while ago was tame. Listen to this. This is the. The crowd inside one of the hearing rooms. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs to be. I'm sorry, it's the wrong cut. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, yeah, it was a tease. Never oh. mind. I do have Never this. Mind. This this is an interesting cut, though. If you want to hear it, this is a sure, montage. Let's go. We don't tease us. This is a montage of you know when they talk about all the bad things the uh, right does all of the bad things that we propose we uh, support and that they're a party the left is a party of peace and love 
Well, oh, this yeah. this is a montage of some of the things they've said in the last couple of years. Listen. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. you got to be ready to throw a punch. Well, you have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. Like I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If you were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take him out now. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Please, get up in the face of some Congress people. People will do what they do. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. We're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the This is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers, make them pay. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? (laughs) Ah, yes, the party of peace, the party of love. By the way, you know, Joe Biden, he's always talking about how tough he is. I like to take him outside, you know. Get, yeah, I'll take you know, him behind a schoolyard. I think uh, Joe Biden, that would be the biggest mistake of his life. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, first of all, Donald Trump is not a small guy. And if you put them as young men together, I think Trump would have, it, it, it wouldn't have been much of a, of a fight. I think Trump would have uh, taken care of business. Trump's a big guy. Joe, be careful for what you wish for. Uh, but, you know, Joe. Well, Joe. you know, I, I I got a video somewhere. You can't play it on this podcast. But, you know, it was actually, I think, in Iowa. You know, they had somebody try to jump to jump the stage and go after Trump. And he was talking, and the, the crowd let him know, and he turned around to, you know, do something. Then, you know, Secret Service held him back, and they, they jumped in. So, there, you know, we play that in gist, but in what, in reality... Mm-hmm. The left is out there making attacks on him all the time. Now, oh, yeah. if it was the other way around, an attack from somebody, you know, towards a Democrat, any Democrat. Oh, I know. Well, you're going to get the full weight of the law because they control the law. But now, if it's a lefty going after Trump, you know, it says it's the stuff he says is rhetoric. Yeah, you know, they had a right to do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Under whose law? Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys own the law. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yep. Well, um, they, they justify everything. The, the, uh, they own the courts right now. You see it. Just look at the courtrooms. Mm-hmm. They own all these different courtrooms. All these venues that are trying a Trump case, they're owned by the left. And it's a, almost a predetermined outcome. No matter how much evidence they present, it's not going to do them any good. But uh, we could go right. on. Hey, we have done it, my friend. Another uh, show in the can. If you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at jimandbill.com. Jimandbill at mail.com. And, of course, without further ado, I think it's time for me to go, hmm, hasta la vista, baby. 
<laughs> We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?